So hi, one of the Good Noise Podcasts. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with... I'm Tim. Matt. Oh, oh, man. (laughs) And Jeff Jeff from Bitter Branches. And we're asking some questions say about their new album, Your Neighbors Are Failures. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you guys feel about the response to the album so far? I feel I feel good. I, um, I don't love reading reviews, good or bad, because it's, it's it's not the same process you use when writing music. At least not for us, right? We don't try to think about what people are going to think about it so much. Um, but I feel like people are getting it, you know. And I, uh, um, it's interesting to hear. Like I think it's been mostly positive from what I can tell, and people think it's sort of challenging and maybe angry, um, et cetera. But I'll let the other guys speak to it too. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, um, so far, I mean, you know, we've had a lot of positive feedback, which is, you know, it's always uh, refreshing um, and encouraging. Um, yeah, like Tim said, I think people are kind of getting what we're putting down, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I think he said it well when, I think Tim had described it, you know, we, we wanted to create music that we wanted to hear and other people are, are accepting that. And that's cool. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's been strange about it is, uh, unlike every other band I think we've ever played in before, this was all conceived during the pandemic and we've never played any songs to anybody <laughs> until right. just recently. So uh well received i think I, I was i feel proud of it i like it um but uh i think it's only been recently that anyone's even heard these songs um be it you know over um you know itunes or in person so that's been fun it's been great to play out when we have and uh it's been received well but yeah honestly it, it was written in like a chamber <laughs> uh <laughs> and uh, i had no idea honestly if uh how would be received, yeah. and it, that really wasn't uh, the context for it. Yeah, it was really, That's an yeah, point. Yeah, um, it was very it was in, a, in a very uh, small bubble, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. like, uh, no, that's a great point because, like, I think you know, all of us have been in bands before, and that's been well documented that we've all been in bands before. Um, and this, it's almost like a bizarro thing where it's like, hey, we're we have a five song EP, and full LP, we have more songs than shows, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. and like, we're already on our second record label. So it's sort of like, it's it's a processing, it's weird, right? Like, cause it's mm-hmm. like, it's never been part of my process to be like, wow, I wonder what everybody thinks of the LP we just recorded. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more like, let's go play some shows and like really, you know, formulate our crafts, figure out who we are, all that kind of stuff. We sort of had to figure out a way to not have that stage of the band and just be like let's just work hard you know take it so um so in that sense it is gratifying to hear what people think of the record because it's the one it's the thing we've been working on the hardest right mm-hmm. like writing these songs um, sure. in sort of a bubble mm-hmm. yeah and we never had the uh, you know any kind of feedback from any live performances to you know feed egos right. or 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 blow you know or pop our bubble or whatever mm-hmm. you know either way so uh, sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, is there any meaning behind the album name or cover art? Yeah, of course. 
Um, <laughs> so your neighbors are failures. I mean, I just love that line. And I think about all the shit, you know, I'm a, I'm a father of three and they're all becoming adults. And I feel like, like you care about stuff and you want things to change. And I can't even get the people necessarily on my block to care about the same things I care about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's partly that, um, and it's a line from the first rec. It's it's a line from Her Disease, which is a song on the first record. And I just is so we sort of liked that it was like we're almost sampling the first record and using it for the title of the next record. We're almost thinking like, how would we do that again, right? Um, I don't know. When I mentioned the, t- the 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 title to my wife, she's like, "Ooh, that's that's sort of provocative and." She's like, I don't know if I like that, which made me love it. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's great. Um, um, and the artwork was, um, and then I'll let these guys chime in. Um, Damian Johnson from uh I was in Kissing Goodbye with him. He's he's done playing enemy and a million other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in Great Falls Noise right now. Great. Um and you know, I've always loved his illustration, you know, and so we wanted to sort of, we had, I don't know, we just sort of decided we wanted it to be sort of a um, drive like Jehu Yank crime meets Black Flag Pettibone look to it. Um, and I was like, I just, I was like, I told him, I was like, just, you know, mundane, everyday sort of things through sort of a sad lens almost or a dystopian lens or whatever you want to call it. And he literally sent me his sketchbook of a bunch of stuff he did and so we just chose that for the cover very cool uh, i love when bands do like the callback to like a previous album like for their album title i just wanted to point out that cool um so can you guys tell us a little about your writing process for this album i know you said it was unorthodox and like any other record you guys have written so yeah i guess well so we were so let's we should circle back to when we finished the first dp um, we got that done three days. I think we were in there on Monday and three days later, the whole world shut down. Wow. So, oh, um, God. we literally got it in under the gun. Uh, thankfully Tim had recorded vocals to, uh, broiler sitting on the couch as like kind of scratch, scratch vocals, but they ended up fitting just perfectly for the, you know, for the, for the, the mood of the song. Um, so then you know, I guess that kind of, we got that out there. We didn't see one another. We were, you know, chatting as much as we could. And then I guess, I don't know, four months later or something, three months later, we decided, okay, well, we're going to, let's get together and nothing's going to be happening. It doesn't seem like, cause you know, shit's on lockdown everywhere. Yeah. So um, we started to gather the weather was warm, so we got together in Tim's garage with very, um, very minimal instruments, not very loud. I had this, this is like, you know, kind of a toy. I call it a toy because I had I have a better electronic drum set sitting over there now that I practice with, but um, a, it was a serviceable drum kit that I was using. So we were doing that as, you know, without trying to bothered to his neighbors with the with the with the garage door open very spacious 
you know, everybody was at least, you know, six to 10 feet apart. And we just kind of just kept going and going and going. And we just, you know, things started to roll. And then that led to us going to a more, um, hi, here's my daughter. Hi. hi. <laughs> Actually, so, she, so, that, so that why we're here. Yeah, tell them. <laughs> so she actually drew our logo. Oh, cool. There's oh. Another one. There you go. And here's this one. There's Lily. So hi. Hi. Uh, Sadie, <laughs> Sadie actually drew the the Bitter Branches logo that is on the album. It's um, during the middle of all this uh, creating, and uh, we just uh, Tim was like, "Yeah, we got to use that." So, um, so that is now our, our you know our logo. That's super um, cool. So, um, but yeah, so we you know it went from there. We got this uh, we got this uh, rehearsal space that Tim, our, a buddy of ours, Tim Leo, had in his metal fabricating shop. And we decided to get together. I mean, we hadn't, you know, we were all keeping it pretty tight. We just seen our immediate families and one another. And, you know, basically that's what we did. We just, we went to work every week. We just kept going and writing and writing and writing. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't know, Matt, you want to add anything? To that? <laughs> no, I think that's right. I mean, the, uh, yeah, I mean, it was all kind of written over the pandemic, uh, the trump craziness <laughs> and uh, <laughs> really uh, and you know the, people this is real life <laughs> <laughs> glamorous rock star life right here <laughs> uh yeah no, i i don't have much more to say i mean i the have, i think there's like a ton of ideas flowing the whole time because of all the craziness yeah. around us um and uh it felt yeah, it felt really fertile in that sense. Like everyone is coming in with lots of ideas all the time and we could, we had time to just like kind of work through ideas and flesh out songs and songs would just kind of evolve how they were going to evolve over that period. Um, so it, in some ways it felt like the worst of times to be, you know, doing something, but also, uh, you know, like a, it was pretty special for me at least to have that like intense summer yeah. uh and fall really well, just think, to like yeah, dig back, into it yeah i think back at that time and i mean there was so much you know unsettling chaos um uh, so you know going on every single week right there was just so much happening so it, it you know i think that probably fueled our the fire which in which we we wanted to start this band with i mean we all knew we had something to say um, or, or still had something to give and we wanted to, you know, have an outlet for it. And, you know, the world certainly, you know, teed it up for us and gave us a full plate um, to eat from. So, and I think we utilized all that um, to really, yeah. And am I right where the two of you sort of also said, we're going to write 10 songs in the next 10 months or something like that. I felt like we were on a specific we kind of, yeah. mission, you know? Kind of, yeah, Matt and I in the, in the, on the back channels were kind of giving each other like, okay, let's get this much by this time, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of have a, a goal. Um, and yeah, we guess we reached it. Yeah. Sounds like it, yeah. Um, yeah. So 16 songs in, in less than 12 months is pretty good. That yeah, is, yeah. That's, yeah, that's very good. Um, so despite like the whole world world situation, you guys were able to write this entire album in person. 
Yeah. 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 We didn't, I mean, with, you know, little bits that Matt and I would send back and forth to one another. I see, see, I guess through the process, like we were all involved, but Matt and I um, t- tend to take some time to like kind of fine tune. Like we would show up before everybody and try to like work out some things. So that way we had a working portion to, to present, to try to flesh out more ideas with everybody present. But, um, you know, but um, yeah, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't like file sharing much of that. It was really just kind of, or you know, Matt would record a riff and then he'd send it to me and I would figure out something that I could play for play to it to be a little bit more fruitful when we got together instead of I'm not a jam guy. I hate jamming. Like I've never been a jamming drummer. Like if you want to jam, I ain't your man. Like I'm out. Like I'm just I'm just yeah. out. I don't have for that. And I've never we've never really done that in any band that I've been in. So so I want to really have something at least something serviceable that everyone can kind of you know, it just kind of helps the process uh, catapult that process, you know, a lot, a lot quicker. Um, if you're just, then if you're just trying to work something out why everybody's present. That makes sense. For sure. Uh, so I want you three to tell us your favorite lyric off this album and the meaning behind it. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> um, who wants to start? I mean, I, I mean, I wrote the lyrics, so it's hard for me to pick a favorite. Like every song, um, like "Solo Trip," right? Um, which was, I think, the last song we wrote. Is that right? It was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm a father of three. I've got a 20 year old daughter. 17 year old daughter and a 17 year old son they're about to become 18 and honestly so much of what i write now is me trying to convey messages to them it's almost like a message in a bottle kind of thing right um mm-hmm. uh the man who never cries is about the death of my father so that's just an intense song for me trying to wrap my head around death mm-hmm. um there's no particular lyric in there that I think is my favorite. Um, solo trip um, is about, uh, you know, not giving your power away, right? Not letting a rumor or a trend or a like or a dislike or an invite to a party or not, or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like not mm-hmm. letting all this outside shit or a bad record review or whatever it is right don't give yeah. that shit power um so thematically that's one of my favorite songs um i would not put a thief in my mouth to steal my mind is one of my favorite lines i think i wrote it or someone line. said it to me you know what I mean? like sometimes yeah. what happens is i chat with people and they don't realize how poetic they are and i'll like write that shit down mm-hmm. um and then it'll pop up, um, which is why it goes back to even the songwriting process and not doing it like with file transfers and stuff. Like I think we deliberately or not wrote these songs like the old fashioned way where you get into a room and you work out a song. Mm-hmm. And um, as the singer, I get, you know, I just riff over the song. Sometimes it's gibberish, sometimes it's a phrase or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and the songs become muscle memory. So when I go to record, stuff just comes out. And so um, 
in some some ways it's more like i like the way certain things came out in the recording is almost more that the way i think about it than a specific lyric okay. although i love all of monsters among us and that's a song where i wrote sort of directly to my daughters mm. about the horrors of men you know? <laughs> so yeah I'm like, yeah uh, like um i'll let other, I'll, the other guys talk now all right I'll do a minute. <laughs> so yeah, the, 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 the line of Tim's when he says, uh, don't let a thief inside my mouth to, to steal my mind is, but even, I guess the way that that song syncs up with certain lines, I remember specifically after we recorded and then Kurt mixed it and we got the, we got the finals back, actually we got the masters back and sitting in my, my living room listening to it. Um, and I think it was when you say, um, God, it's um, it's in that same song. God, I can't think of it. I, I, I have, I'm, I'm losing it. Um, well, that's one. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm losing it. That's one. But then the other. Uh, it's funny. Like, uh, uh, be careful. You might get shit on your shoes from uh, ah. plastic, plastic tongues. Is pretty funny too. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, yeah, that's just that. That's sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, yeah. The baby's what's that one? The baby. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that was great. I think Ian liked that one, didn't he? He might. I think I think he was good, yeah. Comment on that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Matt knows any of the words. <laughs> I, uh, I do know. I do know many of the words. I'm not going to portray okay. to know every single one. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a good question. Um, and for, it's like I'm thinking about it, and uh, I, um. One that just jumps to mind is the a lot of the, the song monsters and the monsters are real line. Um, and like for all of our lyrics, it's I can't really disentangle it from Tim and like knowing him as a person and hearing some of like his thoughts behind the lyrics. Um, so for me, it's not even like a lyric on a piece of paper of like, oh, that's poetic in a way it, it could be that but it's it's also for me it's more like the monsters are real thing i always love just because it uh yeah it, it speaks to parenthood in a real in a, in a way that resonates with me in a kind of like um and, and i mean just to get savvy for a second i think something i really respect about tim and have uh, gathered from him of like being very real with your kids and being real because you love them and you want them to be you know, resilient in a hard world. Um, so a lot of that song kind of communicates that to me um, and, you know, resonates as a, a parent too. Yeah, I guess to that same end, like that's what, and in, in, in Sorry You're Not a Winner, when the way that the, the lyrics and the, the music sync up when you say you are not enough, I mean, I, I remember listening to that and getting, getting goosebumps and be like, holy shit, like this is a very powerful combination of things. And it's just like, yeah, this is this is something that I'm. This is, it was just it was a really proud song to, to. Yeah, I just started to really get jazzed up about the whole thing uh, when I heard mm -hmm. that. Super cool. Yeah. Um, so, how did the track list for the album come about? Did you guys write the opener be the opener, closer be the closer? Did you shuffle around and see what fits? What was that process like? Well, we definitely just spit out a bunch of songs and um there wasn't really any thought about placement or you know what could go where um 
I mean, I think we did feel at a certain point, like we probably have an LP here because there was just like a, uh, an, enough songs that kind of fit an LP. And to me, it felt like thematic and specific to a time. So it's like, yeah, an LP would probably be the vehicle for this thing or the right container for it. Um, but um, yeah, in, in terms of placement, I think, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong guys, but I think we just like wrote a bunch of stuff and after it was recorded, like just kind of, asked ourselves like how does this flow um nicely over the course of an album um and yeah, uh yeah i mean it, i don't think it's kind of like much more i think that, through yeah. the process actually of us recording them i think the, the the natural flow started to come uh evident to us throughout the you know just throughout the recording process um and then matt had a matt was very adamant in a good way to make um Along came a bastard, the first song, uh, because he said, you know, it's, I think it makes a statement. It's like, well, for one, it's, it's funny because Tim, I remember Tim coming to practice and him hearing us playing that and just that intro. And it was a long walk from the, from the door to the back room where we practiced. And so he kind of like walked into that. So it was kind of like, it was almost like a, a, a very natural intro, but also the subject matter of the song, Matt's like, you know, we got to put this out there and be like, okay, strap it, strap in. Like, this is, this is the ride we're going to take you on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And um, yeah. And then kind of just from that. Yeah. I think it just naturally fell, uh, fell into place. Um, Plus. Um, uh, this is going to sound name droppy, but I was talking to Alan Cage from who's actually a friend of Matt's. Um, from quicksand and burn and beyond, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about negative approach, and this is probably 1989, 1990, right? And that record is notoriously fantastic, right? It's one of the greatest hardcore records of all time. John Brandon's one of the greatest hardcore singers of all time. <laughs> and Alan Cage is like, I don't think it's an accident that I'll Survive is the last song on that LP, right? It's sort of this is like really negative, angry record. And then the last song is I'll Survive, right? Mm -hmm. And I've always thought about that. Like that, you know, that sort of planted something in my mind. And the last record, the last song on this record is, you know, Show Me Yours, which to me is sort of a love letter to all the, the fellow freaks that, you know, need something because they feel like they're on the outside. So it's sort of a celebration of all of us supposedly weird, ugly people, whatever. Um, so I always thought that that should be the last song for that. Yeah, because yeah, we sort of dragged you through the mud, right? And I, I feel like, you know, we, you know, we're not singing you lullabies this whole time. Like, we're sort of <laughs> yeah, going I think through some also, stuff. You know, so I feel like at the end, that, it's like, Yeah, the way that that song actually took, uh, took shape was it became like this, like, you know, uh, very anthemic, like, you know, it just uh, just came to like this crescendo that was just like, this is the you know this is an impactful last song. You know, this is a uh, mm -hmm. um, and between that, there's there's some great lines that Tim has uh, some lyrics in that song too. Um, you know, I think it's hard to pick a favorite when they're all pretty awesome. But um, that one uh, we want we actually told Kurt to mix it like we want this to be like this you know, bombastic, just like anthemic, just like, you know, 
you know, stamp on the end of this record is just like, you know, boom. And I think he did it. I think he really helped capture that pretty well. And I think it's super cool that like you guys wrote these songs, like with really no idea of like where they were going to go on an album or if they were even going to go on an album, you guys were just kind of trying to meet a goal that was like in the back end that only two people knew about. And then we're able to make an album that flows really, really well with those songs. So I think that's very cool. Cool. <laughs> so you guys spoke about it briefly a couple questions ago, but if you want, you could go a bit more in depth. Would you be able to tell us where your headspace was at while you were creating this album? Oof. <laughs> uh, my headspace was fuck you. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of like just COVID politics like everything in some ways i'm like you know my kids are the age i was when i got into like punk rock and everything and Mm -hmm. much to my dismay it's like worse it's like either that or my blinders are off more than the you know or it's both or or the someone just turned the lights on brighter you know Mm -hmm. um and then you've got COVID, so you've got nothing. Like I'm already antisocial, but Jesus Christ, like <laughs> you add COVID to that mix, and yeah. you've got exactly, nothing yeah. but your thoughts. And when you're writing a record, I think you, as a lyricist, I mull in those thoughts. So my mm-hmm. thing is like, I sort of was on a mission to be like, okay, this COVID thing is gonna be a bookmark in everybody's life. We're gonna look back and be like, we made this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's gonna sound like when it came out the way dead can be sound like when they so it's i don't know it's sort of a bookmark for this time and i don't know it's a worthwhile thing i think to try to create something out of that and maybe you look back at it 10 years from now and you kind of go holy shit you know um so hopefully i answered your question you did you did you did right you guys can try to (laughs) anyone else want to chime in yeah i think i mean there was this you know that obviously this this dark cloud that we were walking through with not just COVID, but, you know, the last year of a generational, you know, sickening presidency that was just like every, every fucking day you turn something on, it was just like, you hate, you, you, you hated to wake up to, because of what you were going to read, what happened the night before. Uh-huh. Or the day yeah. Before. Uh-huh. And yeah. It was just like, oh my God, could anything, could it get any fucking worse? Mm-hmm. You know, and then with um, you know all the racial turmoil and the and the, and the political unrest around that, it was just you know you couldn't no one could catch a fucking break, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just like, and I think that I think we really captured that emotionally through how we created the music and the lyrics, um, and again, not like it's just not you know. Like this is about COVID or this is about that. It's kind of just like, you know, it kind of it, it reminded us, reminded me about, you know, the first time I heard um, Ted Kennedy's plastic surgery disasters or something like that. Like there was all of this shit happening and yeah. they wrote about all of it, you know, and um, that kind of was a uh, was a motivator for me and kind of like a, you know, the carrot in front of me. Like, yeah, this is like think about what the guys that influenced you were, you know 
caught your caught your attention at 15 and 16 and try to you know try to focus in on that so mm-hmm. yeah Very so cool. basically you made like a time capsule for 2020 <laughs> yeah well yeah yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Without calling the record COVID blues or, <laughs> or yeah. 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 And I, I'd only, oh, I'd only add that. Uh, yeah. And um, I, I, for me, like nothing really felt premeditated in any way. It was, I mean, like I felt destabilized and fucked up like everybody else did. Right. So it's just like, this is what came out. I'm not really a, a wordsmith. Uh, so for me, it was more just like, a lot of riffs came out and songs came out really easily um that spoke to that i think like our music will probably sound different in different time periods but it's just you know um i think it's a good question but it 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 also wasn't that um thought out i would say at least on Mm -hmm. my end it was more just like this is what keeps coming so um let's let's see where it goes and that's kind of been the ethos of the band and um try yeah. not to like overthink things too much just like yeah. if it feels real and feels right and we're all kind of moved by it on some emotional level like go with it and if it doesn't scrap it and move on to something else fair enough sure. yeah. and what one more thing not to harp on these reviews but it's the first time we're sort of getting feedback right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i'm personally surprised that people seem surprised that the record might seem angry or frustrated or challenging because i'm like well yeah i mean think about (laughs) first of all it's it's through sort of this punk hardcore whatever lens Mm -hmm. and we made it when we made it so i'm like and and already this music is support sort of has a history of frustration anger like a platform for that so yeah. I've been surprised where people are like, "Yeah, it's sort of an ang- like you're never gonna you're not gonna hear an angrier record than this." And I'm like, "I guess, like, I, duh." Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that people would be surprised by that. Yeah, um, I am also yeah. surprised by that. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. um, so, how do you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time? Should they do it in the car with friends in the dark with headphones on? Is it a workout album, a party album? What do you guys personally recommend? Uh, beer pong champion, you know, beer pong. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I guess if you want to clear a room, you could play it at a party, but uh, I would recommend that. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want to end funny. a party, <laughs> exactly. My buddy, my buddy listened to it, um, and he said, um, and he goes, Yeah, you got some room clearers in this. And he goes, and I, was like, well, I said, That might have been one of Matt's, you know low that's level my specialty uh, priorities yeah. yeah that's his style you know but that's a tough one well it's definitely not necessarily a, well, i don't know i mean it's not a party album i guess i mean I for think- me i think i only speak for myself right but i for me like i like to run or you know like go on walks or something and like really dive into an album and there's a handful of albums that i've loved from over the years and like every once in a while it's like kind of be in my own headspace and go deep in something so for me the record is more of that kind of record it's like when you have time to yourself and you can just immerse yourself in it and lose yourself in a little bit and it's not like a sharing space with others (laughs) record i guess (laughs) but i don't know it's all for whatever i don't know i'm not gonna tell people what the shows are for (laughs) i think this is like um 
depending on your age, alone in your room or alone in your car, play it loud um, and flip through the lyric booklet. You know, like that's my thought, right? Which we can share with you guys. Um, yeah, I look at it. I look at it two ways. Like I, I drive a lot for work, so I listen to a lot of music, and so I have that time alone where I'm just <laughs> focusing in on, you know, either one band or one record or whatever it is. And I can see this, you know, fitting right into that. But also, I also like to sit at home, look at a record. I mean, this is and this is kind of like motivated us and motivated Tim, motivated Tim with how we created the the graphic graphics part of this is. There was, um, there was definitely an intentional presentation for all of this, right? So you have this vi visually stark, simple, but very complex in its own way, um, drawings and, and graphics, black and white, um, with, with you know, with the with a flash of red. Um, and you can flip along with the booklet. And I mean, it, it harkens back to when you got, you know, when you get a record and you want to look at the whole package and listen to it, put it on your headphones, put it on your speakers, whatever, and just actually go through it. Yeah. Um, I would pour over, it was a one page Rites of Spring um, insert. And I looked at that every single time I listened to that record, mm -hmm. every single time I look at it, right? And it's, um, so, you know, you kind of have, in my mind, you have both, both of those things, right? Uh, you can listen to it on a trip or going to the, you know, going for a long drive and then or you can just sit at home and just go flip through it and, and really absorb everything that's included because I think it's important. Very cool. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so this one should be super, super quick. Off the top of your heads, I want you guys to describe this album for new listeners in three words each. No more, no less. Describe oh, this record in three words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only three. No more, no less. And it's supposed to be fast. Yeah. I mean, don't based, think on, yeah. <laughs> based on what I just said, I would say a solo trip. Um, uh, but again, that's just how I experienced the record. Um, right. yeah, that's perfect. So. I, for some reason, I, I thought Old Man Blues. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All you right. want to go with that? All right. Cool. I mean, I, I, it's got to be quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to pass. I don't know. No, <laughs> that's not an option. Um, Come on, old jaded punk. I don't know. All right, there, there you go. go. Look at that. There you go. Perfect. Come on. <laughs> um, so in that same train of thought, but not as much pressure, I promise. Is there a certain feeling or emotion you want your listeners to have while going through this album? Um. Wow. An emotion I want them to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it might sound weird, but almost empathy. You know, like um, I try hard because I know how I sing. I know what I'm good at. I know my lane, and I never want to sound like a tough guy, right? So, vulnerability, um, empathy, desperation, compassion. That's more where my head's at. Um, frustration. Um, I find these all very relatable emotions that people don't like to share necessarily. Um, so I feel like that's sort of a gift you can give people with music like this. Um, knowing you're not the only person that feels these things because you're forced to try to like filter everything. Um, mm -hmm. 
literally and figuratively. Um, so yeah, that's that's my take. All right, sounds good. So this, yeah, this may be counterintuitive to some of the subject matter, but to me, um, hopeful, you know, because there's a lot of despair within it, and a lot just like Tim, you know, shining a light on certain things, and it's like, you know, you can be better than the shit that's around you, right? Mm-hmm. So that that as far as you know, having hope, you don't have to be like the shitheads that you encounter every day right yeah 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 i uh not so much for me a particular emotion but having an emotion uh i guess is kind of where i would go in some ways like i i think um i mean one thing i really like about tim's singing and vocals is i think as he said like it's it's vulnerable when i hear it and it like kind of pushes me when i hear it to like maybe go to some emotions or like go to some places I might not otherwise be able to get to. So I would hope, you know, if somebody likes the record, it might help crack open a little bit and let a little bit uh, put you in touch or, you know, uh, get somewhere they wouldn't otherwise. Um, uh, That's kind of how I look at it. All right. Perfect. Well said, Matt. We are deceptively emo. <laughs> so, what is your favorite memory that you guys made while creating this album? Uh, one thing that really that stuck out that really that now that I listen to it, I'm glad that Matt pushed me to pushed us to do something. We we had the album in the bag. We came back to do. I think we were there to do you know, either bass tracks or guitar tracks. And we recorded the entire Along Came a Bastard again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was too fast originally. And I'm, I, I just, just recently I listened to it. I actually, I guess when the record came out last week, I, you know, like it's going to sound any different on iTunes than it does, <laughs> you know, with, with the master tunes that you yeah. get from, mm-hmm. from, Brad, from Brad when he did it. But, you know, so you listen to it and you're like, I was like, and then actually, I guess it was when we were well, practicing for the, for the for the for the shows that we've been playing. Um, I was like, I'm so glad Matt said we need to do that again. And I was like, you know, and it was it was the right move. Um, so that it's not necessarily a you know a you know a, it, it was just I'm glad I'm glad Matt decided to, you know to push me to do that. Mm-hmm. So thanks, yeah. Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? I'm memories? just glad recording's over, honestly. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, wait a minute. And, and another great memory was when Matt spent an entire half of the day <laughs> doing all of the fucking layer tracks for Monsters Among Us. <laughs> oh my God. Well, uh, yeah. I, I think I took longer trying to record synthesizer that we never used than <laughs> no! the uh, <laughs> I, uh, Poor Matt. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> You let me really indulge. I'll he had, he had, a, he had a vision, and Mike, Mike, Mike let him indulge. Mike indulged his, his creativity. Yeah, this is why I'll, I'll never make a solo record because <laughs> no one would want to hear it. Uh, I, yeah, I don't have much to offer except, uh, uh, yeah, rec- I mean, I don't know. I just, it felt like such a gift to be able to have like a handful of days in person playing music. Um, 
yeah, I'm out. It's like the pandemic in general has made me really, really appreciate the moments I get that feel a little bit, um, uh, I guess normal is not the right word, but just like moments for connection and interaction and creativity with other humans. Like <laughs> yeah. those are fewer and farther between these days. So mm-hmm. um, it was just fun to, to make it in my book um, at, at Mike Bardzik's place. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I want to give a shout out to Mike Bardzik. Oh yeah, for his, sure. His cat, whatever the cat's name donut. is. Oh, donut. 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 Yeah, the real hero. Cut out of the life-size cut out of the rock. I don't know. There's oh, all these little you things. Always gotta have it. that. Yeah. Uh, the sofa I get to hang out on while they record their music, but it's like waiting backstage because then once I do my vocals, it's like uh, it's like waiting to run a marathon or something. Like you, you train for it. And, Theoretically, you love it, but when you're actually doing it, you're like, oh, my God, this needs to be over. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, so, picture this. You're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Snack choice? Snack choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, if, I'm, if I'm being healthy, it's a cliff bar, but if I'm being indulgent, it's... I look for those giant boxes of good and plenties. Okay. Yeah, I, I used to be the guy who would get beef jerky, but those days are long gone. So for me, it's like a, <laughs> no. a banana and water at this stage. Oh, God. <laughs> you trust, yeah, right? you, you trust uh, gas station fruit? More than beef, gas station beef jerky. That's uh, fucked up, man. That's <laughs> fucked up. I mean, at least the beef jerky's packaged. Like the fucking yeah. fruit isn't just out there, man. It's Raw fucked up. Right? <laughs> Sometimes got to throw caution to the wind, you know. Yeah, a banana yeah, peel. It's God's package. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's God's packaging. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I would title. probably. Yeah, more so, I would go for like you know a clip bar at this point, but. Um, I know it's like boring, healthy stuff. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, or I can usually deal with that. Uh, so, for this last question, we're actually going to shift away from music, if that's okay with you guys. Sick. Uh, so, we're actually going to yep. go straight to death row. Boom. So, if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Oh, I thought you were talking about Suge Knight for a minute. I thought you were. Yeah, yeah. oh. That would be. A we get dropped by Equal Vision. You know? <laughs> you're, you're not on Equal Vision. You're on Death Row. What kind of? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dan would jump and ship to Death Row. Um, <laughs> last meal, you said? Uh, yeah, last meal with a drink. Mm. Mm-hmm. I I would literally um. Cause I'm like a boring vegan kind of, you know? Um, so I would literally have, you'd have to get me the largest box of lucky charms. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could just eat that forever. I'd want a pack of cigarettes cause I haven't smoked since I was 18. Huh? And with need to be whiskey or tequila. I don't know. That'd be a tough choice. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I could pour the whiskey uh, or the tequila. Yeah, I, I might. Try. <laughs> 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 There's your so milk. Yeah, <laughs> I might just bypass the food and go straight to um, whiskey. I, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, it would be a, a bottle of Redbreast um, Irish whiskey, uh, both because it's delicious and um, 
I've had a lot of good memories with friends drinking that. So it would, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. it would be it'd be a sweet moment, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Before my my bitter end. Yeah. Yeah. I would go with a simple basil pesto and pasta. That sounds banging. Uh, and then a nice uh, dry red wine to oh, relax me before I. Way too sophisticated. Days. <laughs> like uh, that? And way too sophisticated. No, nah, I mean, well, it's also very simple. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice dry red very- wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I've done a best and last question, and every single person you've spoken to has said that it is the most important question. What's your favorite color? Orange. Because my daughter told me that when she was like five years old. So it's official. There you go. <laughs> my daughter would say mine is gray, but I would say mine is orange. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I always come back to blue. I'm not sure why, but um, fair enough. That's what it's I always gravitate color. to. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, so as I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you guys like to plug? Uh... I guess we have our record, right? Our record's there. Um, we've got a bunch of shows coming up um, next weekend. Well, you know, this is the timestamp, but uh, next weekend we're going to be DC, Rhode Island, and Brooklyn. And then the end of April, we're going to be Chicago, Milwaukee, and Detroit. Um, that's all I got to say. All right. Go Sixers. All right. <laughs> um, well, thank you for now. This guy's been Bitter Branches, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>